Yeah? Your thoughts aren't bothering me at all. You can be complaining about how bad it is and it won't affect me one bit. You can be sitting right next to me and being in a mental hell and I don't have any consequences. I don't feel any heat or nothing. I have total immunity because they're not seen as my thoughts. They're seen, they're seen as yours. But the same thoughts that are being used to drive that person in that head crazy, if they're held as my thoughts, have the ability to drive me crazy. So where did that ability come from? Does it come from the thoughts? Or does it come from something prior to the thoughts, which is a relationship with the thoughts as the thinker? Yeah? Or the thought about. They're bonded both ways. Yeah? Either you're thought about or you're the thinker. So now, the bond, the thoughts are used. Just see it. It's just, it's so right in our face. What's being produced is a sense of a you. And yet, what you are isn't what's produced. So the ability to see, instead of by, instead of looking from, you can see the structure. This is all reverse engineering in a way. For me, wow, I just saw some freaking thing go by that window. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, wait, now I'm looking for something here. So, <laughs> that's okay, whatever that thing was. That's all right. As long as it doesn't stop and stop looking in this way. So, this, this idea, this idea of me is produced, Yes? It's taken to be what's not produced. It's taken to be the alpha and the omega, but it really isn't. It basically is a byproduct of a process, a mental process. And then there's the feeling of you, but it's a couple of steps off of actually the beginning, in a sense, or what always is. Yeah? So, but when you have a thought, it feels like you were there before the thought. It implies a, like a historical sense. So, if you have a feeling, you believe you've been, you felt like that forever, when it's not true, yeah? The feeling and the relation of the mental state and the mind to it is what produces the sense of the feeling. It's an afterthought. So, how is that afterthought ever going to recognize what's prior to it? If it takes itself to be the source of everything. If I'm the doer, the feeler, the haver, what else is there? So the best I can do is start looking for what I am, which defeats every attempt, because you are what you're looking for, as St. Francis puts it so beautifully. You are what, it, he says, what's looking is what you're looking for. So, like Huang Po, a great Zen master, a great Chinese Zen master, would point out that you can't use mind to seek mind. You can't use Buddha to seek Buddha. You can't use light to seek light. You can do it for eons, but nothing will come about. Because why? Why is that? Why is that failing? Why? Because if there was a recognition of the Buddha, there would be no seeking the Buddha. So when the Buddha seems to be under a form of ignorance, where it starts looking outward to find itself, it's failed from the get-go. No matter how, how no matter if the the, the techniques are 5,000 years old or just made up a year ago on the internet. They're, they're already, the failure is already built into it because of the fundamental flaw of you have forgotten what you are, you take it to be something else, and that something else is now looking for what it is. 
you, you don't you, there was there was like there is all there is and now there's suddenly three things there was all there is and then there's all I am and the I am is now going to look for all there is but as an object to itself so it takes from nothing it spawns three things so okay now the truth or enlightenment it becomes an object to me as the false subject. How are you going to win? Any movement is going to progress and it's going to go from 3 to 9, from 9 to 18, from 18 to 36. It's going to just keep going. It's more and more. There'll be more distance made up in this imaginary pause. Yeah? And if you take one step off of it and you turn back, you can never see it. Because as soon as you become what you're not, everything gets objectified from that. So now, the only way you can think about the truth as you can think about it as something, like it's a solid thing that you're going to get, you're going to acquire, and you're going to either add the truth onto you, or you're going to become the truth. But the, the pre- what's going to be emphasized is the you that's going to become the truth, the you that's going to be the one that the truth comes over. You'll never be out of the story. So as soon as what we're not becomes subjectified, then everything else becomes objectified. And that means there's two, and what we're supposedly at a meaning of is not two. That's what do non-duality means, not two. Yet, we, many of these talks start on the premise of two. And two isn't going to be able to squeeze into one. The idea of one is a concept from two. In not two, there's no idea of one. The only idea of one would have to come from bouncing on a possibility of being a two. There's no one standing alone. You only entertain the idea of one in the premise based on two-ness. But the whole meaning is not two. It's, it doesn't say anything. It's no, it's not an affirmation. It's not a declaration. It's not a proclamation. It's a negation. It's, there's not two. What's the, what's the primary two that it's not? Subject-object. It doesn't mean, it doesn't care what object or what subject, because we all have different names for the same subjectivity identified as a body, but it doesn't change the fact that it's subjectivity and it's not of a body. Yeah? But as soon as it becomes two, yeah, the subject-object, now one of the, the biggest ironies of all, the two will now start searching for the one. Yeah? The subject-object will now extend itself to find what it thinks is the true subject, but as an object, the truth. How are you, where are you going to go? Every move you make, you're leaving exactly where you want to be. Not truthfully, seemingly. Because this whole place is a dream, and it's, appear, it's appearing to be either true or false to us. Yeah? If you're clear, it's appearing to be false. So it validates what you are by seeing what you're not. If it appears to be false, it's real as hell. This is that simple. It's real as hell. It has no reality other than the reality we give it. How could something that on Friday doesn't bother me at all become the biggest problem I ever had on Saturday? Did it just transform from not a problem into the biggest problem of all time? No, I gave it the meaning it had. Like the Course in Miracles says, lesson two. You and I give everything all the meaning it has. 
So if something seems real, where is it getting that seeming real from? From reality. We are that reality. That's forgotten in that way. It can't forget. But it seemingly forgets it's the reality by taking itself to be a body. Yeah? So now the subjectivity becomes subjective yeah? and becomes objectified. You're lost in tuneness. So non-duality was a great, great, great invitation not to. Just like the old Zen, the faith mind, the guy would just yell at the end, not to, not to, not to. It was, he didn't start saying, oh, the only one, the only one. That's been shattered thousands of times and hasn't gone anywhere. He was right on the money by going not to. That's it. It's not an affirmation, it's a negation. Yeah? You're negating a certain premise that we're taking to be positive, we're going to see it as not positive, in a sense. And then the whole ball game changes with no thought or effort on your part. It just shifts because what you are has shifted, in a sense. Not what you seem to be, because you know what happens when you think you've had a shift when you seem to be. Maybe it lasts for three days until you leave the retreat center, or you know, you meet, you see your girlfriend again, there goes the shift. You know, it seems like it's a very conditional shift based on whose condition? Your condition. How could your condition ever override the conditionless state unless it was the conditionless state taking itself to be the condition? There's no freaking way. So it's about, it's not going out. There's every, so, I just read a thing, they had two posters out there. The Tree of Spirituality, they had 12 different things, and then the, the Golden Rule of 15. It, that's what it does. It just, uh, there's a false thing, and it just, it just mutates into thousands of thousands. Like when they first started psychology, I think, in America, they had 10 mental diseases. Now they have 490. The more, more name and form will be given. More name and form for what's ailing us. We'll, be, we'll have so many names and form, we're breathing life into it all. It's like the Course in Miracles says, if you're into the Course, it says, you and I are the dreamer. I don't like the word dreamer, because it implies an, a, a someone, a noun, but I like, you and I are the dreaming. So you and I are the dreaming of the dream. Yeah? We forget that we're dreaming. Now this is where I think it's really important. What's, what's producing the forgetfulness that we're the dreaming? How could the dreaming forget it's the dreaming? You know? So how does it do it? Well, this is in reverse engineering. This is how it came in through me, was how it's doing it is I'm remembering self. I'm remembering that vague sense of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, constantly being reinforced by the thought system I seem to be plugged into. Like K-Paul, I can't fucking break move the knob. You know, K-Paul, a day in and day out, golden oldies, <laughs> on and on and on and on and on. So, if it's, so it's in remembering what I'm not that I seem to forget what I am. Yeah? It's not like a, a passive forgetting, it's an act of remembering. There's the act of a re- there has to be an act of remembering of what we're not to seemingly forget what we are. Seemingly means it appears to be true or false to us. So, we can seemingly forget in time what we are. We could never do it in timelessness, obviously. But in time, it can, see, it can seem like we're not what we are. And how we do that, how the mental state does it, it 
presents an idea through claiming, yeah? So there's conscious contact happening, yes? Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and then there's concepts about seeing, hearing, feeling, taste, touching. That's going on, okay? That's conscious contact. The mental process arises and says, I'm the one who's, in con- well, I'm the one who's conscious. You don't, do you, doesn't the feeling of you're the actor happen when an action happens through the body? Doesn't it feel like it sounds like your voice when the sounds of these vocal cords of this body make a sound? You call it your voice? Yeah. The thoughts are claimed to be your thoughts. The feelings are claimed to be your feelings. They're seeing, the tasting, the touching is claimed to be your seeing, feeling, and tasting, and touching. It's constantly claiming conscious contact to imply and to assume that there's a one who's in contact. That you are a thing that's in contact. You have the attributes of no-thingness, but as a thing. So you're conscious, but you're conscious as a body. Instead of being conscious of the body, you're conscious as the body. That's how the mental state's presenting it. And the mental state, to remember itself... What it does, it thinks about you as a body. Look at the thought system. The thought system pictures us as a body. You couldn't be remembered any other way. You have to be a thing to be remembered. Yeah? Where's, how is the thoughts, how are they, they need something to coagulate around. You're not going to, how can you think, oh, my spirit, my spirit was really sort of dimmed three years ago that day, and I think I know why it dimmed. The spirit wasn't feeling well? How could that be? So it must have been the body. So I'm obviously implying the spirit's condition is based on the body's condition. Oh, yes, well, oh, well, I wasn't feeling good that day. What wasn't feeling good that day? It's so flimsy. You don't even need inquiry. You don't even just, just turn the attention a little bit that way. There's nothing home. All there is is verbing. I call it, all there is is selfing, the mental state. It's just selfing. It's using everything that's come in contact through consciousness, through conscious contact, whatever it's come in contact with, it's arisen up and claimed to be the one that somehow has something to do with it. So the thoughts are mine, you know, I'm guilty about my actions, I'm shameful for things I shouldn't have done and I didn't do or I did things I shouldn't have done. I'm totally concerned what I'm, what's going to happen to me later as a body. I'm totally, totally remembering how great it was before as a body, you know, when I was at Niagara Falls that time, and all this stuff. So that whole activity is, okay, so in that state of forgetting that I'm the dreamer, what happens? If you read the Course, it says it very clearly. You and I give everything we dreamt all the power to affect us. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful diagnosis, yeah? So you and I are the dreaming of the dream. Yeah. If you don't think this is a dream, then how can it be a subjective experience? You're having, you know, we're at one event and everyone's going to have a different experience of it. Which, what, does the event override all of us or do we override the event? Well, as physics says, the greatest influence of any experiment is the observer of it. Yeah? So the greatest influence of any life is the living of it. Yeah? So. All right. So. Where was I? Deep in it, wasn't I? Oh, I can't believe how deep I'm in today. You wish you could feel this, but you can't.
because you're not as deep as I am. You will be if you keep coming. <laughs> but you're not now. <laughs> I did a talk once in Boston and there was a lot of spiritual pros there. A lot of spiritual pros, seekers. And uh, this one guy was explaining to me, he was at this thing where they said if you stood in a certain posture for 17 minutes, it would happen, you know? And was something like this, but he couldn't, he could only hold it for 16 minutes. So he asked me, What should I have done? I said, You should have held it for 18 minutes. That's, that's the whole, that's the whole spiritual seeking in a nutshell. Oh, if I would have done a little more, I was so close. You're never going to experience your own absence. Your own absence is the presence. You are never going to be there to enjoy it, ever. It's through your absence, that's the sense of presence. The sense of presence is not an experience that you and I have. It's not of an experiential level at all. It influences the experiential level, but it's not an experience. There's no having of it. It's when you lose interest in self, you may gain interest in that, which is the presence of your absence, like a great old guy, Wei Wu Wei, used to say. The presence is your absence. The absolute absence is the absolute presence. Yes. You're it. You can seem to be something else, or you can realize that you're not that something else, and then there's no need to realize what you are, you'll find out what you are. Yeah? All you do is realize what you're not. It's all you need to do. It cuts the whole thing of freedom, bondage, the whole dualistic expression of contraction, expansion, getting closer to love or farther away from love. It cuts it all out. It's just a negation of the whole link, the whole causal dualistic link. You cut it before the whole necklace gets made yeah, by realizing what you're not. When you realize what you're not, you're relegated into finding out what you are. Not an experience, but you'll be able to read the tea leaves through experiences. There'll be an intimation or like a smell that life will start producing that you didn't have before. Because you're there. Not as what you think you are, but as what you are. And once it becomes apparent, everyone has the same hit that has always been that way. It's never not been that way. This was never produced. It was never arrived at. It could never be left. It was just a freaking making, a making up, a dreaming, uh, an imagining, yes? And, and the inability or the reluctance to finally let all roads lead to Rome and to really just see exactly what's going on is why all the shenanigans happen. So we get busy looking for ourselves, and the mind truly knows it's not a threat at all. Because you're never going to use, that thing's never going to find it. Yeah? Because you can't find it. You would have to be able to be lost to be found. And it's prior to that. This whole freedom is not after the bondage, it's prior to the bondage. You do not get released from a, a real bondage, and then you arrive at the real freedom. The real freedom is that there is no bondage. It's prior to everything, not after. After would give what came before too much relevance. Nothing came before what we are. Nothing came before what we are. There is no prior to prior. Yeah. There's no thing, there's no seeing that's seeing what's seeing. 
But there's just what's seen. That's why it's so difficult, because if you go, you're, you're what you're looking for, we'll be going like this. Like, oh, if I just acted like I wasn't interested, they go, no, I could see it. You're never going to see it. Never. Never. Because you're looking from it right now. We're just, we've made an imaginary map and we added so many miles and so many intricate little turns and everywhere to get to it with the intention of never getting there because in all truth we know exactly where it lies which is right where we are right now at all times with no requirement necessary to meet it because you're, you're so past or prior to meeting anything as what you are. There's no meaning going on. <laughs> There's nothing to meet. It's a done complete deal. You're not in a process of awakening. You just awaken up. You wake up to the awakeness. There's no awakeness that wakes up. It's already there, but you wake up to it in the dream. You you become awake in the dream, and then you realize you're that which you thought you were awakening to. Yeah? You are that which you thought you were awakening to. You are that. And then that's that. That's why I be, I'm obsolete. Quickly, it looks like I'm going faster than I was hoping. <laughs> My career is lagging here. <laughs> but that's the fact. I'm like a mailman. You're not supposed to go home with me. Fuck, I'm just here inviting you because you're that. I know it. I have faith in mind. I don't think it takes much. I don't think it takes a gargantuan effort. I really don't. I think it, you already have the innate quality. The mind is constantly entertaining. Look at what we're doing with what we're entertaining. Look at, we have such a limited material, we just keep redoing and rehashing things over and over and over again. We need like a new script writer. We need some, we need some new input. It's like a show that's gone on too long, you know. Like Seinfeld was good, but if it would have gone for 18 years, you know. George and Kramer, fucking oh Jesus, these guys should be close it down, you know? There's no new blood in it. It's a failed system, but the ability to entertain, it's like we're, we're like a marathon runner in a closet. You know? We just keep running with the hopes it will get better. I will be okay. <laughs> Our own okayness, which is an inherent quality, not of the body. The body is always volatile and Emotions volatile, mental's volatile, but what we are isn't volatile. But we're so captured in time that okayness becomes a goal. I will be okay. I'm not okay now, and don't fucking mess with my not okayness, but I will be. I was once, I think I can remember, I was okay when I was in high school, but I will be. You don't see the biggest heist of all? Time, thought system. The first selfing major movement is claiming. Whatever it comes in contact with, it will claim to have something to do with it, okay? So consciousness, it's the one now that's conscious. And then an insane idea that can be unconscious gets entertained, which is unbelievable, you know? That consciousness can be segmented into being conscious and unconscious. It just blows your mind. But this is what happens. Once the system of split mind claims anything, it dualistically presents it. Yeah? So now you can be close and far to, from the truth. You can get really close to the truth, and then you can really be far from the truth, usually based on what you do or don't do. So you're, again, you're still the biggest player of the whole game. 
Yeah, you gotta see you're in, you're written into the story of not being Paul. I know people that come to these meetings. They're now they're so sophisticated. They're trying to become a non-Paul as Paul. <laughs> They've heard all about there is no Paul, and now they conceptualize it to become a non-Paul, but not losing one one shred of the imaginary Paulness. It will do to satsang. It will claim fucking anything. Five thousand year old Buddha. It will claim anything. It has no respect for robes or anything like that or tradition. It's like a parasitical movement. It just claims whatever it comes in contact with, and it presents a story about it. And we've been buying that story, yes. And we want to wake up, but we want to wake up to. We want to wake up as that instead of from it, yeah. We want to wake up as the dream self instead of from the dream of self. It's not going to. It hasn't worked. Look at the spiritual. If spiritual practices were businesses, they would have been closed years ago. They're not producing the, the promised goods. And then the failing of the system is always put on you. If you would have done more, if you were more devoted to the teacher, or you would have donated more at Paul Hedeman's talks, maybe, you know, <laughs> then something would have happened. But it's again, it's on you, isn't it? Everything seems to be on you. It's the bondage of self. In recovery, that's what we call it, plain and simple. We're bonded to this idea of self. Okay, then how does that seem to happen? The thought system is the main culprit. As in recovery and alcohol, and we talk about alcoholism as it resides in the mind. The problem is in the head, the mental state. The mental state, if you're listening to the thoughts all day, the thoughts picture you as a body, yes? And they totally believe in time. They're using this moment to think about yesterday and tomorrow. So how much do they value the moment? So when you're when it's talking for you about it really wants to get into the moment, the only moment it can get into is a moment bookended with yesterday and tomorrow. It has it produces a mental here, but it's not the here you think you want to get to. It's a mental here chock full of yesterday and tomorrow. The thought system pictures you as a body and thinks of you in time. So your idea of being okay will never be a basic fact. It will be a hope for. Yeah? Predicated on many, 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 many things. And usually if it doesn't fail, after you blame everything else, you'll be blamed for not doing enough, not meditating enough, not breathing enough, not asanaing enough, not yogaing enough. It's a slavery. It's true. Slavery and one of the, the heaviest chains is the gold chain of spirituality. ability to see. It gets it gets co-opted by it being placed into an object and then we believe we're looking from there. Yeah? So the seeing gets bastardized into a form of looking called self-centered. So the only way you see things is how it pertains to you. That's not seeing. That's a form of looking. So life, instead of being seen as happening, is now seen as happening to you. 
That's the weight. That's the heaviness added to you every day. Every every day you become the container, the receptacle for mental heaviness by thoughts, feelings, actions that are preceded with a statement that they're my thoughts, my feelings, and my reactions. That's how the heaviness gets produced. Not they, if the thoughts facilitate it, but that's not what's producing it. It's the claiming to be the thinker that allows the thoughts to have the power. So you own the thoughts, the thoughts own you. You own the feelings, the thoughts, the feelings own you. You own the actions, the actions own you. It's the word my is a huge, it represents so much in my head. The word my, because you can have any word you want to put down that's an important topic in your life. And without changing the meaning of that topic, we can change its weight by adding the word my in front of it. So money, I wish everyone here had some, have a lot of money. My money, I don't want any of you to have my money. That's incredible, eh? It is. Same money, but my money? No fucking way. You're getting money. Girlfriend, I'm really having a great time with my girlfriend. My girlfriend, I think I have the right to break into her emails. You know, I should know what my girlfriend's doing when she's not with me. What the hell? What happened? The girlfriend's the same, same person. Something, my relationship to it changed. Right, so it was just a girlfriend having fun. Now it's my girlfriend, totally different, yes? Thoughts, maybe they weigh an ounce, each one. A thousand of them a day. My thoughts, they weigh a pound, each one. 10,000, what is that? 10,000 pounds. Huge difference, yeah? You're carrying so much fucking heavy weight that has nothing to do with right now. Most people who are bummed out tonight, tonight's Thursday, they're never bummed out by Thursday. They're bummed out by last Wednesday and next week. They're entertaining being bummed out now. This is the only place you can. But what's producing the entertaining isn't now. It's thoughts about yesterday and tomorrow. That isn't slavery. It's not like you were bonded in Idaho, you know, 1984. <laughs> it's an activity, a mental activity that's inferring, implying, assuming, constantly suggesting that there's someone there. Just simply that, so innocently, like this. There's a bottle, everyone sees a bottle. I can change its meaning, which is, or its intent, which is, it's my bottle. Now it's pointing to the owner of the bottle, yes? Same bottle, but being used for something. Same as thoughts. Thoughts, my thoughts. Feelings, my feelings. Actions, my actions. You see it? Life happening, then mentally interpreted, to me. To me is the cause of all the agitation. Drives us to seek, but we seek in an ignorant manner. So we look exactly from where we need to see what we look from it and start looking. Instead of just stopping and finding that we are what we're looking for. Yes, it can come on you and so immediately it can play itself out. Who cares? The whole point is you'll realize that where you actually stand is prior to everything else. There's nothing behind what's seen. There's nothing behind what's seen. If you follow any sound, to me, that the, the closest sound of all is the vibrational sound in some bodies. People hear it. Some of us call it the hum, yeah? So you hear a hum. 
sort of like a very loud silence. And it's constant, more constant than breath. Breath has an interruption. So if you want to use an object of meditation, the sound is much superior in a way. But the fact is, what's hearing that sound, which is the last, the, the closest sound I can get to. I can hear all the cars, I can hear the breath, I can hear the person in the next room, I can hear something, you know, chirping there, but I'm hearing something that's prior to all the other hearing. Yeah, but what's hearing that? What's hearing that sound that's prior to all the other sounds? Yeah? What's that? Can that... Obviously, what's hearing can't be heard. Yeah? Or it would be, yes? What's hearing cannot be heard. What's feeling cannot be felt. What's tasting cannot be tasted. What's thinking cannot be thought of. Yeah? It's so beautiful. You are not available as an experience. An experience isn't going to trigger it. You are that. You are that prior to everything. It's not, from the mental state point of view, it's boring as hell. This is, I mean, no one's going to think you have a loving gaze or think you're special. It's just ordinary dog shit awareness, basically. (laughs) It's It's not really becoming to the mental state. It finds no value in nothing. It doesn't. It can't make anything out of it. I'll try it. I know when I first got introduced, my mental state was trying where my girlfriend would come home and say, Paul, I thought you were going to do the dishes. Well, there's no Paul to do the dishes. And she'd say, fuck you, do the dishes. You know, my mental state was trying to use these ideas for its own advantage, but it was it got bored really quickly because it's like an animal trying to eat a turtle. <laughs> Can't get in, it rolls it around a while, and then it just goes, keeps on seeking and leaves. That's like the mental state. When it comes upon nothing, it doesn't see anything. No value in it. It smells it for a little while, see if it can make something out of it. No, it goes. Then it blooms. It's the gift that keeps on giving. You are what you're looking for. The seeker is the sort. Stop using the Buddha to seek the Buddha. Stop using mind to seek mind. Stop using light to find light. And realize you are the light, you are the Buddha... You are the of mind by realizing what you're not. Not by trying to think, I'm the mind, I'm the mind, because you'll be entertaining you're the mind as what you're not. See, that's a dilemma with identification. It's so fast you don't know you're identified. So like in recovery we say, self can't get out of self. That's the dilemma, because... There's a, a huge tendency to identify as a self and then want to get out of the trouble self seems to produce, but you want to get out of the trouble that self's producing as what's producing the trouble. You don't see the, the factories moving. <laughs> Wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> give up, give the ghost up. Fuck. You're not going to meet a non-dual boyfriend or anything like that. It won't be special either. Uh, they're all crazy. The action figure doesn't have to change. You're not the action figure. Why try to make this something it can't be? You know? It farts and smells and has a lot of blind spots. 
why, why do we try to make it perfect? It's not meant to be. It's perfect in its own little situation. But what we are is not of the body. Like Jesus Christ said, supposedly, you know, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. What is in this world? Bodies, yes. Time, yes. Separation, but we're not of body, time, or separation. So, if you take it the other way, then we must be of timelessness, nothingness, yes, and absolutely no separation or wholeness. We more we lend ourselves more that way than this way, and it's not about trying to get over this way. It's realizing you're you're not there. You can, what's the best way to get out of an imaginary place? What would save you the most time to get out? How? What's the quickest way to get out of an imaginary place? Realizing it's imaginary. <laughs> Why don't, there's no need to do anything. How long does it take not to do anything? No time. There you go. From the problem, you need a solution. Big time. <laughs> From the solution, there is no problem. Soon as the recognition there is no problem, there is no solution. Because the solution and the problem are a sort of codependent, yes? Once the problem is seen as being imaginary, therefore the solution is unnecessary. There you are. That's the true solution. You don't have to have a small little pocket to put the solution in. It's totally economical. There's nothing, no addition, no added weight, no vigilance, no practice, no being constantly on the defense. I'm going to lose this. No, you've never fucking had it. The aperture opens up. This is the beauty of it. You know, you have realizations. When you were having them, they were great, weren't they? I used to love realizations I had. It was great. I built. I had a lot. A big mantle for all my fucking realizations. Spiritual mantle. Big fucking like big game heads of spirituality. That epiphany in Bali was four fucking hours and was witnessed by people. Fuck. All right. That's right. That's my centerpiece. So it's all safe and then oh, I'm having these epiphanies. When an epiphany ends, it usually coincides with a thought coming up, which is, I'm having an epiphany. <laughs> That's when it comes to a shrieking hall. Because as soon as you arrive, it seems to depart. You don't put two and two together. As soon as I show up, it seems to be gone. Hmm. How can I get there and have it still there? Well, that's the fool's gold journey. <laughs> You're never going to be there to experience your own absence. It's not going to happen. So, all right, so here it is. So, I, this was happening to me, in a sense. So, I was entertaining, Course of Miracles, tons of demonstrations, Kundalini, shit like that. It was great. It's great, you know. Selfing was claiming it all. It's easy, easy peasy. Then, though, the thing went like this, and then it went there, and then I was seen. <laughs> the one who had all the realizations <laughs> was seen. And that was, the gig was over then. <laughs> because this, which was taking itself to be the one who had all this, was seen. Yeah? The emphasis, the, all the interest that was rooted in this preoccupation with Paul, a lot of it got shifted into what I really am, which produced this long-lasting state of traveling light around here. Yeah? That's it. That's the basis of it. So, got caught with my pants down, so to speak, and I just didn't pull them back up. <laughs> so, so, yeah. 
That's what's available. It's like the aperture opens, opens, and it just doesn't open like this. It opens to include you, and then you see yourself that you were calling you in front of the camera, and you get a sense of what's behind the camera looking, and it ain't you. What is <laughs> this? You know? And what happens? What happens with me is I lose interest in all that. Because what I'm interested in is, is in me, really. If something has something to do with me, I'm interested in it. Like if there was a meeting here, I always use this example, and there was a pretty girl that I was interested in that room, and I, I'm thinking I'm going to be married to have some kids. I haven't even talked to her, but my mind is present. And you know, of course, there's never going to be a divorce in it. No, no, it's always going to, it's going to be great. Of course, forever. So I really want to meet her, and I'm doing a talk like this. And the talk is like a nuisance, because I really like to be in that room. And I'm really trying to tune in on what she's saying, because I'm hoping she says, I like that guy Paul. So when I meet him you know, at the coffee table after the two meetings, I'm like, hey, by the way, would you like that? Oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> so there I am. So someone says, hey, Paul, you're supposed to be giving this talk. And I agree with them, and I'm really trying to be here, but it's more important what she implies. Yeah? She's much more important than this event. So then someone brings up a book and, says, and it lands on the table and says, how to lose interest in a conversation in another room. And I, pay, I agree with the principles, but I don't even finish it. But I'm still keen on that. Finally, she says, I really like this guy, Matt, to her friends. And I'm Paul. What happens? Do I have to send in, like, Nate, you know, what is that? Navy Six SEAL team or something, send them in to retrieve my interest and attention, it immediately leaves that room in that conversation. Immediately. It doesn't take months of calling it back or, come on, come attention. come. As soon as it realizes it's not about me, where is it? Find out where it is. Where we'll come back to. Find out. Find out what happens when that interest and attention that has been hijacked and is wedded to a dead occupation of obsessing around you all day. Yes? When it's free from that. Where why where is it gonna go? Find out. Yeah? What I found out, it went into sort of nothingness, which is this loop of self-importance is broken, which is, I think I'm the seeing, and I see all these things, but there's only one me seeing it. I feel all these things every day, but it's only one me feeling it. So my attention would go out, see everything, do everything, but always come back to the same reference point, me. And then boomerang back out, and me. And it was a very small loop, yeah? Because there's a big happy face with my image, my body image, and I think that's me, yeah? Boom, boom, boom. Suddenly it went through it. And it went through that and it taught, it went back. And finally its 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 circuit was completed. It went way wherever that is, no thingness. And then it came back and what it brought it could never find here. What it brought was from not from of here. Yeah? And then as it's coming through, it sort of sprinkles inside, changes everything, and now it's it's value system shifts into what's only going on now and you have immunity to yesterday and tomorrow because you've lost interest in the thoughts about yesterday and tomorrow because they were mostly about you as a body yesterday and tomorrow and you've lost interest in that idea of being a body yeah? so immediately now the interest and attention is here enriching your night instead of being there and then enslaving you now it's now enriching you same attention, same interest, just directed differently. Yeah? 
So you have an immunity that builds up. You're just not interested in tomorrow. You have you plan and do whatever you do to live here, but you're not occupied by that or that. You're free to be here, and it's not like I found out how to get into the moment. I just realized that I could never be out of a moment. Yeah? I haven't learned a good technique to get into a moment. I realized it's totally insane to believe I could be out of a moment. Totally. It's ludicrous, completely ludicrous to believe you're not here. And then I realized, Jesus, the thing I thought I was in that I've been trying to get out of from every time I drank and shot dope and everything, I cannot be a self, in a self, so I don't need to get out of self. Yeah? We're, both solutions had a timeless quality. They were immediately available with no effort or thought on my part. And I'll tell you, when you start having timeless downloads, you'll realize that's the quality of the solution. It's not of time. It's not produced by time either. Nor can it be lost in time. It's inherently timeless. Yeah? It's prior to all this activity. Yeah. I think it's good news. You know, let it in. Don't think about it. When you go home and thinking about it, you're applying the problem to the solution. You know, go do something else. Go to a movie. Don't pay any attention to it. Let it. I have faith. It's like a spiritual subpoena you've been served. Yeah, you're going to be. You're going to be. You're going to get a notice to go to the court of light, not to the court of mental. The mental courts. You've been convicted there already. <laughs> you've got a lot of charges in your little mental courtroom against you, and you're just doing time here. Because maybe you would have let someone else off on the same charges, but you should have known better. <laughs> I should have gave that money to my mother when I had it. <laughs> you're never going to get released. Never. You're know, just going to do out of play, play out a sentence. But here, it goes into the court of light, where, like in a course of miracles, it would be atonement. Yeah. You know, you see, there's no need to forgive because nothing ever happened. Yeah? So you're free from all those imaginary guilt and shames and everything like that. You let off your own biggest hook. Yeah? You become like a free range addict. That's what I'm like. Yeah? I like AA and I like recovery, but I don't have to live in a... I used to have to be institutionalized to survive here. Now, AA played a huge role in freeing me so I can roam around. You know, don't, as long as the government doesn't find out what I'm doing, in most cases, <laughs> I can get away with it. And uh, I'm just surprised as hell I'm still here. <laughs> so something's working. Because <laughs> before I had to be institutionalized to jail. I couldn't survive out here. The selfing was so strong. We have an acronym for fear in recovery called false evidence appearing real. And that's the whole selfing. False evidence obviously can't be real because it's false. But it can appear to be real to what is real, which is us. Yeah? So you can believe the insane thoughts in your head. You can believe them, even though they're totally insane. And if you ran them by someone else, they'd say, man, that's fucking crazy. But when you're listening to them in a certain way, they sure sound good. Yeah? They do. 
false evidence is appearing real. Everything is just, this whole place is on a level of seemingly being so. It can't reach being so. It can never. It's like in the Course they were taught that the mind of God creates and man makes. Yeah. So the mental state is just making up stories, but it cannot create the real thing. It can't. It can only make it seem to be so to the real thing. Which is tons of advertising. We are the reality, lending itself by forgetting that we're the reality to the things that we're dreaming. And those things now have the ability to affect us as a dreamt object. Isn't that the diagram of everyone's day? You and I are the dreaming of the dream. We forgot that we're dreaming. In the forgetfulness, we give everything we dreamt the power to affect us as such dreamt. Yeah? Where is, there, where is there a solution in that? To realize you're the dreaming. Yes? Not the dreamt. How hard is it? By denying the dreamt. By realizing negating the dreamt. By questioning and studying the dreamt. Not studying the dreaming but studying what's dreamt. Because if you study, just like Dojen, a great Zen master from Japan, said in one of his long little things, the first segment was, to study Buddhism is to study the self, and to study the self is to forget the self. So if you see, study what's producing sense of self, and you see it's not you, you'll forget the self. Yeah? And then then the dreaming will be realized, yes? And you'll find out what it's like to be the dreaming instead of experiencing what it's like to be the dreamt. Any questions, sir? We don't want to go on and on, do you? No, it's like beating a dead horse. Just a few, just a few little slaps will do. You know, the, you're going to get this. <laughs> I have way more faith in that. A little, but I like giving slaps anyway. I get a lot myself, so don't worry. <laughs> Any questions? I hope not. No, no questions. Great. Well, what's happening? We'll be here tomorrow, then. Here? Not here. Not here? Well, somewhere else. Well, somewhere else. All right. Walmart. Yeah, if you go to this, everyone knows about it, right? If you want to come back, come on back. And then Saturday and Sunday at the same place, yeah, so we'll have two sessions a day. And uh, by the end of Sunday, we'll show you the secret handshake. Very important. <laughs> it's the beginning of many doors opening for you. It'll cost you, but it'll be worth it. No. Yeah, come. Because it builds up in time. We've been in... I'm not a real believer in it, but we've done it in t- Toronto. It's the only place I do, like, two talks a day. Uh, and then it seems to build up. Because it gets a little hairy sometimes. Because the energy gets very strong. You know? and this is like a... Like, 110 wiring with 220 voltage. <laughs> it's, not, it's not good for the system. In a lot of cases. <laughs> I thought it was going to be so different. <laughs> also, you can't get anything out of doing a talk. 
I can't make I can't make anything out of it. I go home and no one even asks me anymore about the trips. I just say it's over. <laughs> I can't explain. There's nothing I can't my mental state can't make anything out of it. You know, there's nothing that oh I've had this is not an experience. You're just sitting here and it's like a vacancy really. Yeah. A vacancy. And the vacancy just gets sort of longer in a way or bigger. And he's really become vacant in your own life, and you would think that would be bad, but it isn't. Because when you become vacant, the background moves to the foreground, and then the foreground, which is all that was made important, moves to the background. Yeah? So now, that which needs to be really vigilantly looked at is behind you, and what and the appropriate gaze of this is just wide open and relaxed and now you have it because there's no thing to concentrate on it's just seeing yeah? you're never going to land on anything to be seen so there's just a, a scene you'll see that everything is verbing everything is just a verb going on and on and on and on and on and all the background that would take your attention and concentrate it onto a certain thing isn't there anymore and all the things that used to be concentrated on are in the background and they're all blurry and you know not really fixed so your gaze gets very like wide yeah, yeah. it's a good way to go through a day so, yeah, that's it. I have nothing to sell you. Nothing. Oh, yes, a question? No, just uh, from what you're saying, memories and stuff like that, all that just keeps dropping away. Yeah, yes. Uh, along with thoughts, uh, identity, uh, you know, uh, what you call selfing, which I think is a great term. You know, it's, it's a verb. Yeah. And that's exactly it. So all the verbs go dropping away. Yes. And yes. And the selfing is the way I use it. It's the act of being identified as a self. Now, in the language way of hearing it, it sounds like two things. It sounds like the verb, the act of being identified, and with the noun, the self, a self. But it's a whole verb. So there is no self. There's only selfing. Yeah? But the selfing implies that there's a noun that it's about. That's what it produces. So when people hear these talks, sometimes in the beginning, they'll get in touch with me and they go, oh, I've been selfing all day. And I say, that's not it. See? The selfing, the product of selfing is the feeling of the one that's been doing it all day and with the sense of the one that's, that selfing's been driving crazy. That's the real product. The selfing's product is a sense of being a self, a noun. Yeah? It's a verb that is that it's repeated and assumed and implied, it infers a noun. And then the mind, in ignorance, with ignoring something, falls for it and then produces the sense of being a someone. This is not even like Zen with them pointing to the moon. There's not even a moon. All there is is pointing. So the, the, the thought system is used to point to the thinker, yeah, the doer, the haver. But there's no doer, haver, thinker. There's just thinking, having, and doing. Yeah? There's no noun to be found. Your, your mental state is built on a two-tiered system, verb and noun. It gives it its depth and its dimension. But it isn't. It's just all verbing. The verbing assuming or implying a noun. 
Yeah? So here's the selfing. So, all right, my head is talking as if I'm a body and is concerned about what's going to happen to me three days from now. Okay? So some people recognize it. And they go, I saw the selfing today. But that's the papa. Yeah? So now the verb has fallen for it, and it's now the nine that noun that sees the verb that's implying as a noun. <laughs> so no, no, that's the selfing. Okay. And so now they get a little deeper, and then they go, oh, I really got it now. Nope, the pop-up came up. No, it's just verbing. There's no noun. There's no one that it stops at. There's no... There's no destination. You're not going to arrive at what who you are. It's departing from what you're not. It's a different trip. <laughs> it's like it's being on the train when you didn't get on the train. <laughs> Instead of your belief that you're on the train, that's when you're, that's when you're totally off, when you're on the journey. <laughs> when, you are, when you're on the journey to find out, that's when you're seeming lost. When you're off the train, then you realize. It's like gravity. Anyone complain about the effects of gravity to you today? At any cafe? Your left shoulder there, honey, is down a little. See, gravity's working on you, especially here. You can see it. You had a hard day. Gravity's out to get you today. I went up that hill, the gravity killed me, you know? No, no one's talking about it, but it's, it's affecting us all the day. It's affecting the body all day. But you'll never know the effects of gravity by studying it, by taking classes on it. All you need to do is go into an anti-gravity chamber, and then you know what gravity is by its absence. You'll know what you are by your absence. When you see selfing and realize it's not you, that's what you are. You are the seeing of what you're not. That's how it becomes revealed here. It doesn't just come revealed by seeing, it comes revealed here in this dream by seeing what you're not. Instead of being instead of looking from what you're not, you see what you're not. That's it. Yeah. And of course, the reminder will be every second because everything you see is what you're not. As Huang Po once said, that whatever can be perceived cannot be perceiving. So whatever can be looked at can't be seen. Whatever can be felt can't be feeling. You know? What is it implying? It just takes you back past here. So you go through the false alpha and the omega that is proclaiming it's the beginning and the end, and you realize it's like square four of the game. That there's a square zero that you've never left. You were just thinking you were at square four. And just like when you wake up and you think you're at square 26, what do you wake up to? Square zero. Let's say you wake up at square 55 at a retreat. What do you wake up to? Square zero. What happens if you wake up 85 on a... A, a solitary vigil in the mountains. You wake up to what? Square zero. After you, real, you realize sooner or later, all there is is square zero. All the other squares were appearances in square zero. I never was, got brought back to square zero. I never left square zero. <laughs> the whole game board <laughs> is produced from me, to me, as me, for me, by me. 
<laughs> square zeros, tattoos on every square. Now, this is square 53, I guarantee you. Okay, crack open, what square zero? <laughs> Shit. Now, this I know isn't square zero. Six months, crack open, no, oh, zero. Ooh. You can't escape what you've never left. Ha! Give it up. Drop the weight rock, whatever. Don't even drop it. Just realize you never held it. <laughs> that may be one step too many, dropping it. You just realize you never held the rock. You don't even have to, you don't even have to surrender. <laughs> There's nothing to surrender. And who would you surrender? What you're not, right? How could you surrender yourself? How could I take something out? Oh, here's the... No, you surrender what you're not. Yeah. It would be the greatest... Oh, man. It's like this... I'll say one story. I like this story. I don't know if anyone likes it, but I really like it. It's about a, one event in, in nature, which is a snake every year molting its skin. Yes? So every year, snakes usually drop their skin and a new skin appears. So we're going to look at that event from the same, from two different points of view. So from the skin's point of view. Now the whole skin's story is that it's the snake. Yeah? It doesn't see itself as, an, as a, like an auxiliary piece of the snake. It's the snake from its point of view. So when it gets this feeling that it's going to fall off, it believes it's the end of the world because it takes itself to be the whole snake. Yeah? So it, what, what does it do? It, says, it starts jacking into the brain of the snake. Buy a lot of moisturizer. Don't go out in that noonday sun. Stay away from that rock. Don't go near that. You'll rip the skin. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I guess. And so from its point of view, from the skin's point of view, it's like fucking apocalyptic, you know? It's going to be the end of me, meaning the whole thing, which it's not true. I'm, I'm going to die when I fall off this the snake, it's going to be, the whole snake's dying. But from the snake's point of view, it's great news. Because what happens? That old skin falls off, new skin comes up, much shinier, much prettier, much more attractive to female snakes. It's smoother, it goes over the rocks, you travel lighter, yeah? It, it has all the, it's totally lighter. But see, you can look at it from two points. If you look at it from the mental state, it's scary as hell to seemingly let go. When you look at it from the state's state, hey, Jesus Christ, stop holding on. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, let's get done with this. That's all it is. Right now, your reference point may be a little off. So when life comes at you, you may be putting up a mental mitt to catch it, and that mental mitt will translate whatever ball it catches to fit into its own, its own ball game, which is all about you. Maybe what would happen if you just let the ball go, don't try to catch it, you'd realize you've always had it. Stop trying to get, and you may realize you have. This whole message is disarm. Year after year after year, we share it. The same basic thing. Yeah, you come in with nothing, you're going to leave with nothing. And when you come back, you're going to get more nothing. And you're going to get so much nothing, that it will dawn on you, hopefully, and you'll realize that's everything. That you were finally given the greatest gift of all, the one that's inherently right there.
That's it.